Hello and welcome to Hearty Dice Friends. My name is Grant Howitt and I'm joined as ever by my best friend in the whole world, Christopher Edward Taylor. Hello. I used your middle name today. You did. I felt very important. For a fancy treat. Is it my birthday? It's not your birthday. That's the Christmas in October. That's true. We have our joint birthdays in October and everyone is invited. (laughs) All of the time. (laughs) All of the time. Please come. We are recording under a slight time issue today in that it's currently Monday morning, which is when we release the podcast. (laughs) Um, And eagle-eared viewers, owl-eared viewers will have noticed that we're currently recording the podcast. Mm. So so we want to try and get this done as quickly as possible. So there's going to be no editing on this one, Chris. I want you to make no mistakes. Never. I never make mistakes. And I'm going to say nothing untoward that has to be cut out of the episode. <laughs> Please don't. Just going to reel it in. So, without any further ado, let's get in on that hot role-playing advice that our listeners love so they crave. much. They, they crave. crave lining up, the, like, crawling the streets at dawn, looking for role-playing advice, knocking on my door, looking for that re-up. Is that the phrase? I have no idea. <laughs> it's something to do with drugs, and I learned it from the, from a Nicki Minaj album. Oh, okay. Okay. Venom024 writes in, and by writes in, I mean posted on Reddit, unwittingly. Venom says, Backstory help. Ways of becoming, in inverted commas, magical. Hmm. Now, there's two ways we can answer this question. One, there's ways in which you become magical. And two, there's ways in which you become... Magical? <laughs> I was bitten by a stage magician. <laughs> I drank a load of off fairy liquid. <laughs> Didn't know it could go off its soap, but here we are. The orange stuff in the fridge wasn't Sunny Delight. <laughs> I just I found this magical top hat, and it speaks to me, and it tells me how to do it tells me how to do spells. If you if you've just been playing a lot of Super Mario Odyssey. Oh yeah, that's that's the plot of Super Mario Odyssey, isn't it? It is, yeah. I I get a bit uncomfortable about that because where does Mario go? I don't know. I I believe he's just subsumed into the hat. So Mario is I I don't like using this word royally cucked <laughs> by by King Bowser. Um, who then who then absconds with Princess Peach? She must be getting bored of this boil now. Yeah. Um, and his hat is destroyed in some sort of hat accident, and then he meets an animate hat, who he puts on his head, and they're like, "Hey, let's team up and do." This. I th- oh, actually, sorry, the animate hat's wife is stolen as well. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a joke. That's what happens, and um, they team up. But then Mario throws his hat onto things, and the hat possesses them, which would be fine. But where does Mario go? Are we playing the hat? Yeah, it's 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 a confusing, confusing story. Does he does he live inside the hat? I don't know. Sorry. It's especially it's... confusing when you consider the theory that that the princess arranges all of her own kidnappings. Is is that a theory? It's a theory I have certainly. Is is it like a kink thing? No, I no, I think it's more of an attention thing. Oh, okay, I guess like she doesn't have a lot to do, does she? Like, there's not a lot of royal family. There's just her. So I think she's just been very bored and just gone. Maybe kidnapping's fun. There's there's uh, there's there's Rosalina. Is there Rosalina, the girl from Galaxy? Yeah, I assume that's her sister. I don't know the plot of it. Like, well, like, but like, like, they're, they're, it's it's a royal family. Yeah, but there's not. She like looks like a, a princess king and a queen. Oh, and, and there's and there's Daisy. 
where is the Mushroom King? How come? Is I guess it's a bit like um a bit like the Goblin King from Labyrinth, and that David Bowie doesn't look a lot like the goblins. No. Given that he's made out of people, or whatever, or whatever it, whatever <laughs> it was that David Bowie was made out of, yeah. And so Princess Princess Peach, or Princess Toadstool, as she's also known, um, rules over those little little dudes in nappies and mushrooms. <laughs> Nintendo co- Nintendo confirmed that that's Toad's head and not a hat, which I'm glad to say. Yeah, because it would be weird if he took it off. Jeez, that would be disgusting. Mm. I think that ki- that kills the Toad, right? Yes. Mm. Anyway, how, how do you sleep with that kind of lumpen head? Um, well, special pillows. <laughs> you, just, you dig a ditch in the floor for the back. Yeah, of Yeah, for sure. Well, like, well, like, like you, like you put a pillow like, just like sort of under your ear, and then let that happen. Because <laughs> it's round, like you can sleep at any angle you want. You just have to have a different structure of pillows. And plus, you're not going to roll off a cliff, are you? Because you, your feet are down and your head is up, so you're going to roll in circles uh, like an egg. Oh, like a puffin egg, actually. Yeah. Um, I've just they, they don't sleep. They just get more and more tired. They just get more and more tired until they die. Oh, that's so sad. It's a, well, when was the last time you saw a toad sleeping? I don't know. Paper Mario? Well, that isn't canon. <laughs> what, being made out of paper and all? <laughs> yeah, it was just some paper they found. Shigeru Miyamoto's like, yeah, fuck it, stick it in the snares. Let's go. <laughs> Sorry, that was that was that was on it was on the N sixty four. My apologies. Um, ways you can become magical. Yes, sorry. Um, I really like the idea of drinking things that aren't food. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, like you know, glitter paint. Yep. Stat drinking a load Just of become that. Become a fairy. Mm. I like that. How about ways in which you can, you can become magical without the inverted commas? Um, creepy ancestry is always a good one. Mm-hmm. Full of ghosts. Full, just full of ghosts. How many ghosts? Lots. <laughs> My body weight in ghosts. <laughs> um, Matrix-style drugs. <laughs> Matrix-style drugs. Yeah, well, they had drugs, right? They had drugs, and they and they took drugs, and then it basically made him a wizard. I mean, that is true. But he only took the drug once. He didn't carry on taking drugs. Which... Is is a recurring theme in drug mo- in drug <laughs> drug fans, in, yeah, <laughs> drug enthusiasts as they're known. All right, um, I think we've run this question out. Ask me another one. <laughs> okay, this one comes from Captain Fancy. Mm-hmm. Do the point, voice? I've forgotten the voice for Captain Fancy. Captain Fancy. Captain Fancy. At what point does something start being a role playing game? Is this a bit like, at what point does, someone, does something start being pornography? How many roads must a man walk down before they call him a man? Or like like the obscenity laws. I can't define obscenity, but I know it when I'll see it. Yeah, I guess. What? I don't know. Like, At what point does something start becoming start being a role-playing game? There's. It's going to sound really arsy, but it's when you start playing a role. <laughs> I mean, that is uh, true. Uh, obviously. Uh, okay. Because f- for me, I think the biggest difference as, as as a designer, and the reason why I got into role playing games, was one, I like telling people what to do, or more accurately, what goblins are doing. Yep, and that's really Which is nice more important outlet than for whatever me. they're doing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, shut up. My goblins have a joke. <laughs> <laughs> look at me, everyone. Look at me. <laughs> Aren't I creative and tall? <laughs> 
it's st- it's still it still shits me that you're taller than me every day. <laughs> wait, like, every day I wake up and I'm like, I'm the t- no, no, that is another. <laughs> Chris is taller and older than me. <laughs> hmm. Um. For me, the reason why I got into doing role-playing games is because they don't have to be fun. <laughs> they just... <clears throat> That's a very they just low to... bar you're setting yourself there. Well, let's put it this way. If you have a board game or a card game or a computed game, they have to be fun intrinsically or they're bad. So it, ha- it has to be fun to actually just play through the mechanics of the game. Yeah. Um, and like you can do things like and that, sorry that that's that's not strictly true because there's games which aren't fun but are good like Spec Ops. Um, I need to call, yeah, Spec Ops the Line is the name which is a yeah. which is a unfun game which is very important. Point is, a lot of a lot of non role playing games rely on it being a fun thing. Like for example, darts. You can't tell a story about darts. No. Oh, I mean, like you can tell a story about darts players, but the mechanics of playing darts doesn't do much. Whereas you can't televise Burning Wheel in the same way we televise darts. They're trying. They do. They're doing all right. They're televising something. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what it is. It's very different from what I do when I sit around a table with my mates. Yes, it is very strange to watch. Like at no point do they stop for an hour and then have dinner. No, and nobody and goes then... to the bathroom and misses something. No, no one goes to the bathroom and misses something. At no point is there like a Grant character who's maybe like just not really feeling it and is trying to subtly steer everyone into just talking to each other. <laughs> Disrupting the game entirely. I really like that. If, if, if like on Critical Role there's some guy there who's like, ah, oh, I'm not really feeling it tonight, guy. I just want to chat. I don't want to play a board game. <laughs> I've got Dark Souls. <laughs> we played Dark Souls board game, didn't we? We did. We didn't understand it. Well, you didn't like it from what I can remember. No, because I didn't understand it. I didn't I didn't like the core mechanics of playing the game. I that... did like make I like making the big models kiss. Mm, Ormstein! Mm, smoke! Mm. <laughs> yes, which you which you can do with any pound store bag of army men. It's not as much well, because it was it, it was Ormstein and Smore, which is much more f- you don't get them. No, that in, is in pound bags of army men, and I really like the idea that have a, I like the idea that, that before I turn up, they're having little kisses, <laughs> but they've both got full, full like full face plates. It's like dank, dank, dank. You know, yeah. go on. <laughs> so the point at which something starts to be a role playing game. Oh yes, is it when they start kissing? No, not necessarily. Oh. I think it's when you make a decision that you would not necessarily make. You make it as part of a character. Right, yeah. I think that's the point it becomes a role-playing game. Because, well, like, Warhammer Quest board game is borderline? I guess it's, like... There's, there's some... In, listen, I'm going to get really arsy here, but what if instead the mechanics represented your character's personality? But then is that, that you then making a choice in character? But then you're not playing a role. You're literally assuming a role. Oh, I see. So, like, you're not... <clears throat> I understand. It's, you're it's, not making it's... conscious decisions based on in-game fact. It's the difference between um, Ripley getting into the power loader at the end of Aliens and Ripley getting into a load of cardboard boxes and saying, I'm in a power loader! <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it's like. In that Shut voice. up! I am Ripley! 
<laughs> than trying to take on the alien with cardboard boxes. Yeah, just, just, just hooning a load of cardboard boxes. <laughs> Piss off! No! Get away! Leave, leave her alone! <laughs> I get. I love those films. Well, I love those first two films. I think I've watched them all. I watched what's it? The newest one, Covenant. How is that? What? Well, because that was Prometheus. Yeah, Promethean, Prometheus, which was which I got halfway through and fuck that. Life yeah, too short. it felt a lot like the Covenant. Felt a lot like that. I feel kind of bad because I like Ridley Scott. I mean, you know what? I don't. I don't know. Much. I don't know him personally. It's not like Ridley's has come round. Ridley's <laughs> is that what you call him? Yeah, that's what I call. What kind of first name is Ridley anyway? But I like I like those films. And I like the idea behind them. But it's like I got through. I got I was I got halfway through Prometheus. And he's clearly spent so much money on this. Everyone's spent so much money on making this happen. And I'm like, oh, I don't really care. I think <laughs> I think I'm gonna watch this YouTube video again. Yeah, it's more money than I'll ever see spent yeah. on a film. I think I, here's a fun thing to do, listener. Next time you're watching a film, take any three second clip of it and that could have paid off all of your debts. <laughs> Yeah, just forever. <laughs> they could have cut that. Like next time you're watching Captain America or what have you, and it's just like here's a shot of Captain America getting out of a car. Cool, yeah, that costs more than you make in a year. Yeah, it's it's, it's very strange. It's, it's it's appalling as a human being being put through that. Mm. And then and then like that's very expensive, and we're just like, ah, I'm all right. Cheers. I'm gonna go eat crisps over the sink. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm gonna eat bread from the bag. What point does something start being a role playing game? I think it's when when the mechanics stop being fun and you start having to replace that with your own decisions. I don't think that's ne- that's a necessary condition. I think uh, yeah, I, I, I think that's stop being, being fun. Well, if so, like we design games that are like pretty cool for the first eight minutes, <laughs> and then they really nosedive just so it could be called a role playing game. It was called Unbound, Chris. Ouch! Ouch! No, actually, Unbound had some fun mechanics, come to think of it. That was okay. Um, I think that, you know, games obviously can be fun, and we look at like how we used to play 4th Ed in that way. Uh, that was that was always fun, to just to scrub around and duff up some bears in the desert. Famous but, place for bears. Well, they were angry. That's why they wanted to fight. Yeah. They were in the desert. We're very lost and confused. I'm going to ask you a question. Do oh, ca- sorry, Captain Fancy has a follow-up question. Oh, okay. I'm having a pirate-themed house party soon, and I'm tempted to include some minor ARG elements. Any ideas? Have a ship's doctor at the party, removing mm. limbs. Removing? I, w- I wasn't expecting that last bit. So, when you say ship's doctor, does this mean guy with a saw? Yes, yeah. yeah I, I, don't mean, think they, I don't think they were big on qualifications back in those no, days. No, I mean, the guy who was too stupid to fire a cannon. <laughs> That's that's the fella you want. Man, to shake too much to fire the cannons, but I'm sure I can do something with that leg of yours, boy. They're both both hook hands. Because <laughs> he had to practice somewhere. It was my own fault. <laughs> so I got my degree. I think you should uh, you should steal stuff. Like I mean, I guess boats and things from boats. Yep. That's what piracy is, right? Theft from boats. Yeah, well, I mean, we'd have to update that. So what you should do, really, is drive around in a Fiat Punto. Mm-hmm. Get up next to a car that you like the look of, and then slide yeah. a two-before between the windows. <laughs> you got, like, if they close their window, you're fucked, so you've got to get in there quick. Yeah, you've got to really, really engage with the boarding action. 
Actually, you probably want to go for um, open top cars, don't you? Yeah, especially if they're just big Sainsbury's because then they're full of plunder. Oh, or as they say in uh, Black Flag, a capital P prize. <laughs> capital P prize. They they cap up a lot of the nouns. Not all the nouns, just some of them. Okay. I, I, I actually I, I think like like at the time you capped up nouns when you wrote, and so all of the um, subtitles have capped up nouns in Black Flag. That makes sense. And plus, yeah. it was a good time for you because you love capitalising words. Oh, baby, especially nouns. Yep. Oh, that's my favourite thing to do. That's, <laughs> that's, why, that's why I have to hire three editors to make my books legible. <laughs> what are your hobbies? Well, I like cycling well, and capitalising words that don't need it. I love it. Just, what? why? I'm not entirely sure. I think comedy, but not always. I just think it's emphasis. On the subject of my of my terrible writing, by the way, we've got Spire. Spire's uh, made it to us in physical form. Exciting! I haven't actually seen it yet. No, we are, well, we've got a we've got a launch party on Wednesday. Mm, haven't we just? Which is exciting. Haven't we just? Um, we've booked a. Um, I'm going to say a basement. <laughs> Cellars. So, oh, sorry, we've booked an exclusive London Bridge cellar. Mm-hmm. We've kicked out the Napoleonic War Gamers who are normally there on a Wednesday night. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, I believe so. I, like, I think they, like, they definitely do historical war games down there. Um, but uh, hey, listen, if you're in London, turn up. Why not, eh? Um, <laughs> the jape. T- to be honest, given our listenership, everyone who hears this could come and we still wouldn't fill the fucking bar. <laughs> <laughs> just say, sorry, it's a bar beneath, it's a cellar beneath a bar. It's not it's just in, like a dank cellar somewhere under a factory. It's in, it's in St. Christopher's Inn in London Bridge, having it on Wednesday night. You should come along. Because uh, we're celebrating, we're celebrating launching a book and like a proper role playing book. Yeah, I um I was I was emptying out my bag uh, to go on a walk yesterday. I, I I I had a copy of Spire. I was showing some of my friends Saturday night. I took it out and we had a copy of Change Thing: The Lost on the table, and I put Spire on top of Change Thing, and I was like, mm-hmm, these things are the same, <laughs> and I done one of them. <laughs> oh, that's lovely. It was kind of cute. I think. Um, so what you want, you want a van. Yep. You want a van with the skull and crossbones on the side. You pull up alongside a, um, uh, some, some jabroni in an open top car. And like, and like hot town summer in the city, it's getting very warm. We're going to see more open top cars. Yep. You jump in. I then, I guess, kill him? That, I think, I think once you kill him, you lose the G. Of ARG and also the R. <laughs> sorry, sorry, you you, you lose the uh, the A. So at that point, you've just got you've really killed a man. Yeah, it's like it's not really a defense. Maybe just take them hostage, put them in the brig, like the boot, like the back seat. I guess it is the back seat. Yeah, I guess it will be your brig, wouldn't it, rather than their brig? Yes. So you need to build a brig in the van. That's not hard. Vans are big. Ah, wait, hang on. Sorry, Captain Fancy said uh, they're having a pirate-themed house party. Oh, okay. Houses don't move. Don't... That won't work. That's true, yeah. That's why pirates use boats. Yep. What if you had a van party? God, that sounds creepy, doesn't it? That sounds just the worst. I mean, you could like have like a tailgating party, like they do for American football games. Yes, but that's very much stationary. Well, okay. But it... houses are... Might I say, indomitably stationary. <laughs> I might try and pronounce that correctly. Indomitably stationary. Supremely. Mm. 
Whereas cars, trucks, vans, buses can be stationary, but also they can move and, and engage in raids. Better than houses. True. I piracy. It's mm-hmm. theft from boats, right? And illegally downloading it. Yes, that's the like, like. They shouldn't have given it such a cool name, should they? No, they should not. They should not have linked pirates with this at all. Just like I don't know, ass boy. <laughs> Ass boying rather than piracy. Because, like, if if you go through a primary school and ask everybody in there what they want to be, half of them uh, are going to say pirates. The other half are going to say astronauts. Exactly. And then, and then, like, one guy who has escaped the half-half divide is like, "I want to be an astronaut pirate," and that man becomes president. Yep, and that's, that's why we're in the mess we're in today. <laughs> anyway, definitely do some robberies, and like, if you want to make it more pirate themed. Take the tailgate party, take it down to any one of the wonderful number of British seaside villages we've got, hire a boat, We've got to be a rowboat, really work otherwise. <laughs> Actually, a pedalo. Oh yes, set of pedalos riding around like a biker gang. <laughs> hey Grando, stealing, stealing bread from ducks. <laughs> Taking it right out of their mouths. <laughs> stealing ducks from ponds. Stealing ponds like Carmen Sandiego. Uh, ask me a question. Oh, okay. Um, Actually, sorry, just a quick question. Wait, if, when you steal the pond, does it leave all the ducks there just on like some grass looking sad? Yep, just really Great. confused. <laughs> question. Um, this comes from Grant Howitt in Sexy Town. Oh, that sounds like a place that he'd be in. <laughs> What's the worst character you've played or seen? I'm asking you your own question. That's a shame, because I, I, I'd asked it hoping you could give me some questions. <laughs> the worst character I've... The worst character I've played was a very early on character in uh, World of Darkness campaign. I played a goth. He was just a goth. He had no particular um, affiliations or skills or anything, anything along those lines. He was just big old goth with a gun. And that wasn't great. However, the worst character I've seen played was in another World of Darkness uh, campaign. I'm sensing a theme. Just, just great system. Certainly, something to be desired. And um, I was in. I was in a live game. Ooh. And I, uh, I. The, the problem with live games is that if you have social stats in live games, you have to role play them. <laughs> you can't. You can't do that. That sort of. That, that bit in like it's the thing if you've got physical stats and the GM's like and the GM's like well uh, I, you're gonna have to beat the shit out of this guy to to proceed but I don't want to beat the shit out of this guy well you shouldn't have picked having high having high physical stats should you whereas in if you've got high social stats you um you have to you have to back them up otherwise it doesn't work oh uh, well that's the thing like because like you like you can take intimidation five but unless you're really intimidating. You enter this problem. I was playing alongside a man called Jack Shannon. Jack Shannon is something of a legend in the Norwich um, community for his um, character choices, shall we say? Right. But um, I was playing a a, a mage uh, who was the what's the word the the ambassador to the Vampire Court. Okay. My name is my name is Rafferty Spinkiller because they let me pick my own name. Dangerous move. Dangerous move. Terrible idea. Um, immediately coming in and undercutting all the drama. It's Grant. And, and <laughs> I turned sorry, up... Did, were you looking for mood and tone? I'm terribly sorry. Um, I can do moody and atonal. 
But I went in there and I immediately decided that I needed to change my fate mage to solely be someone who could suddenly explode in fire in case the vampires did anything wrong. And so I got, and so people, like people, you know, the, the combat characters liked me because I could do magic, and that was kind of fun, and I, I could sort of help them do their magic and stuff. And Jack Shannon was playing the um, the sheriff, I think, or the hound, the sort of the um, the enforcer type character. Okay, a a, a monumentally non imposing character, a, a person, Jack Shannon. And so he takes me aside and says, "I'm going to have to ask you to leave, sir." I'm, like, I'm not going to leave. I'm the ambassador to this place. Uh, I need I, I need to report on this to the majors. Uh, do one, mate. And then he took me aside and, and put his hand up, meaning I'm going out of character. I'm like, "Yes, Jack. I need to remind you. I have I have intimidation three. So, That's the thing, like, I guess it wasn't the worst character I seemed like. I don't know, I, I couldn't tell you a fucking thing about his character. Um, but he, uh, that was the worst, that was the worst thing that happened to it, I think. I think those have been, but you, you kind of hit upon something there, that kind of, the worst characters are the ones people don't remember. Well, I, well, I mean, that's not a very interesting story, is it? No, but it's, yeah. it's an interesting point. In yeah. That if there's nothing memorable, memorable about your character, why are you playing it? Mm, that's true. Like you have to, you have to try and stay snappy. You have, you have to try and get everything. People have to try and remember your name. Yeah, pick a thing. or at least a rough description of you. All right. So, what's the worst character you've played or seen? So, the worst one I've seen was my entire adventuring party for the first mega campaign I ever ran for D. Okay, dish. Because not a one of them would really lower themselves to role play. <laughs> How old are you at this point? Uh, ten, eleven. Oof. Oh, jinx. And they okay. all very much thought that they were the cool kids. I mean, they were playing Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. But they don't want to come off looking like a nerd. Right. So they don't roleplay intentionally. I see. Well, I guess, like, because you can get embarrassed by doing it, right? Yeah. But it's very, very difficult when, as a kid, you're reading very airy-fairy box-out text. Mm-hmm. And they go, well, I'm going to shoot the guy. Yeah, can, uh, can you deliver that with less emotion, Chris? I know he felt something. Exactly. Like, well, um, what should I do? <laughs> I don't know, this is a role thing. <laughs> don't ask me. I, I realise we're young. <laughs> I realise I there's I'm a lot 10, of experiences sure. in the world. <laughs> we've, all got, we've all got a long way to go as people, but please... <laughs> Tell me who you kill, at least. Just pick something. Yeah, fair. And that That's, was uh... that was inc- that was incredibly painful. So, what what sort of characters did they have then? Uh, so we had a ranger, a warrior, okay. a wizard, mm-hmm. and another character. Oh, okay, cleric. That, I think so. Um, and that was the sum total of their characters. Oh, just just um, man, man with swords. Yep, most of them didn't okay. have names. Wow, really? No, they wouldn't go to names. Wouldn't stretch that far. That's 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 astonishing. You'd have one. Person, I'm really impressed. You'd have one person in the group that would be like, "All right, I'm writing a short backstory." Oh, oh, you know. And the other and the others would be like, "Nerd." Anyway, I rolled to hit. Yeah, essentially. 
And it was just, it was wonderful, even at that young age, watching somebody completely deny what they're doing. <laughs> you see, like, the idea of them not having names, there's something almost cool and iconic about that. <laughs> Who are you? I'm the wizard. Oh, that's kind of cool. No, it's not. <laughs> Shut up. Exactly, yeah. It's just who you are. I, I do this. Yep, what's your name? It's me. Steve. Steve. I, I do this. I am Steve. No, no. The character's name. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand. Um, I have a question for you. Oh, ask. This question comes in from Chris Taylor from Hotsville. That definitely sounds like somewhere I'd be. Mm-hmm. Um, how is it there? It is warm. Mm. No, that's what games? What, <laughs> what games do you know you'll never get to play unless you run it yourself? So many games. Is it all fucking games? Because that's what it is for me, Chris. It's games. <laughs> like it's so painful. Why did you ask this question? Because I think there's something. Do we, we just? Do we both just want to vent a bit? A little bit. Yeah. Um, so, I like a lot of games that most other people on the planet don't really give a shit about. When I say yeah. planet, I mean the known world, according to me. Yeah. Well, like like what? Like, I really want to play a nice, long, involved campaign of the One Ring. Wow. I think they play that more in Italy, don't they? Like, that's more I of think, a European I think game. so. But nobody, on the nobody here is like, oh, One Ring. Yeah, I mean. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, Tolkien. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. No, piss off. <laughs> yeah, I've got better orcs. I, I like the rules, but get to fuck. I'm not, <laughs> not going to play a Tolkien game. What are you talking about? Oh, wow. Let's yeah. see. I wasn't, I wasn't prepared. That one's free. You can have that one. Yeah. I, hmm. I had a, we, we were, we were all, um, we were wrapping up our game of World of Darkness last week. So that's fun. And then uh, we were saying, I think, like, I I was recycling a joke from Hearty Dice Friends to try and appear um, funny. <laughs> and I was talking I was talking about, hey guys, I wonder what dragons taste like, am I right? Because I thought that would be a fun thing to say. Um, and uh, the, and like the, t- the, the, the table as a whole were like, oh yeah, what a great and funny idea. We love you, Grant. You're so tall. But also, they said... Man, wouldn't it be great to have a a game in which you are um, adventurers who are going out and getting ingredients by killing dangerous and delicious things? Mm-hmm. I think I think I believe there's maybe twenty animes that have done this already. So and please don't write And RPG games. And, uh, and RPG games. Which ones? Um, I can't remember what it's called. It's got like a Japanese sounding name. Oh right, yeah, sure. Um, but we thought it would be a fun campaign, yeah. and everyone just sort of turned and looked at me. I was like, no, what? No, I want to play it. And so I'm basically pressuring someone who's never run a game before into fucking doing it. <laughs> See, that's the thing. When, when, you, when you design games, like you start playing games. And like, well, I haven't mm. got time to play a proper game. I'll do mm. playtesting. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think also it, it, it kind of puts me in a... Um, it puts me in a situation where I'm like, oh, I don't want to trust it to another GM and, and, and a game that someone else has written. They'll just fuck it up. <laughs> I'll do it. This needs my gentle and guiding hand. <laughs> So I just smash Kool-Aid Man style through the wall. But there's plenty of games that I really, really want to play. You know what I really, really want to play? I want to play Shadow of the Demon Lord. And I want you to run it. But I I want to play it. Alright, well then we need to find someone who isn't one of us to run Shadow of the Demon Lord. We need need some sort of rube. A rube who lives equidistant from us, so it'd be like a half hour trip. (laughs) A rube who lives in northwest Sussex. Yep, that's what we need. 
South, or like very South London. Those are the options. I, hmm. Shadow the Demon Lord, I'd love to play. Like some of that, some of that OSR, um, but like Gromy OSR. You've got Shadows of Estrin as well, which I have no interest in. No, you won't like that at all. It seems a bit dry. It is a little bit dry. Mm. But I love the the setting so much and how bleak and shitty it is. It does seem bad there. Yeah, like. Like Shadow the Demon Lord, at least I can make a cool deal with a demon. Yeah, whereas um, in um, Estrin, Estrin, you're just like, well, died of starvation again. Can I make a cool deal with a demon? No, there's a ghost. Can I make a deal with it? No, it, no, it's just there. Oh, can I try and solve it? No, no. Have you no. tried running? Oh, hang on, hang on. Roll a d twenty. Ah, you've gone septic. <laughs> I don't know anything about the game. I, sh- I think I know there's ghosts in it. There is ghosts in it. Yeah, there was a book about ghosts. I remember you showing me. Yeah, it's 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 a very interesting game, but it's not something that I think I could ever actually play. Unknown armies is another one. Yes, I keep I keep bumping so bloody close to unknown armies campaigns. People are still like, oh, I guess I could run no no, and and like and like, just like it's. It's like two steps away from Cthulhu, and everyone's running fucking Cthulhu. It's well, like I'm Cthulhu. Not be- my neck of the woods, are not. No, I'm, I'm, mate, mate. I'm neck deep in, in Cthulhu games. God damn. I'm basically in two. <laughs> kind of. I like. I. I don't know. I just think it's it's like unknown unknown armies and that sort of modern urban fantasy or that or that or like weird weird horror. Any of that. It's like Cthulhu, but you get to be creative. Yeah, that's fair. Because cause p- part of the problem with Cthulhu is one, everyone kind of expects you to run from from pre-written adventures because they're so big and popular. Yeah, it's a bit of a strange one that. Well, I I, I guess because like <clears throat> Call of Cthulhu, the role-playing game, is very different from anything H.P. Lovecraft wrote. Thankfully, and thank well, thankfully, and like he was he was big old racist. He had a lot of problems, and he wasn't so hot on describing things, but. He certainly, you know, formed formed a genre which has evolved, and that's and that's cool. Yeah. But his stories were about one white dude and no women going mad. Yes. And Call of Cthulhu role playing games tend, on average, to be about five dudes of different races and genders. So I suppose people rather than dudes going and traveling in a global conspiracy. <laughs> To try and like, there's generally some sort of like, there's generally a dotted line on a map to represent plane travel at some point in a Call of Cthulhu campaign. It's like that's not what happened. No. Maybe they went to the sea and then they died. It is very strange that there's the big campaigns mm. aren't local. Well, that's the thing because they're big, aren't they? Yes, but I still think that you can get a lot out of um, a very zoomed in. Mm. It's like city wide. Say yeah, campaign, but it's always we need to go to Egypt. Do we? I think. Come on, must I know? I know. I know. My other types from there, but he can. He can move. And does. I think. I and does and he's everyone. He's your mum. I think. And like much better game. My last step is my mum. <laughs> just, just my last step in like a penny. Oh. I. That's, that's the thing. Like, if 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 you look at the call, your your um your um tatters of the king, your Mosnilothotep, your what's that big one where the world ends? Shadows of Yogg-Sothoth? Nah, um, it's it's a modern one. It's for trail. Anyway, 
Oh, um, oh God, I've forgotten the name of it. It's good though, right? You liked it. I loved it. It's something like Total Devastation. Eternal Lies. There we are, Eternal Lies. Oh, I see, because that, that which is not dead. I understand. I, I thought it was just like a fib that went on for a very long time. Uh, it is about that as well. Ah, uh, okay. Um, so, if you look at those in terms of, like, I'm going to buy this, I'm going to go out and buy this book, I don't have a great deal of money, I'm going to buy this book, and I'm going to play this for my character, with, with, with my players, you kind of have to play every scene to get your money's worth. Whereas if you had a city book, what you'd end up with something much denser and much, and where you'd probably use half of it tops. Yeah, and that's not that's not good value for money, which is how we write adventures. Yeah, but I am one of the things in favour of the adventure book for Cthulhu is that it's mm. most often a mis- an investigative mystery, mm. and those are hard to ad lib. Yes. Fucking difficult to write as well, but much harder to add lib. Yeah, so having that full plot line, that full list of evidence, summations, murder boards, mm. everything in a book a actually makes game. it possible. It's a fascinating game called Technoir, which I can't say I'm a huge fan of the system, but it does solely improvise noir detective stories. That's cool. And what you do is like you is like like you have the board with all with all like the plot points written on there. Yeah. And then when you investigate stuff, that forms connections between them. Okay. So it's 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 kind of it's kind of fascinating because like from from a from a player point of view, you investigate the uh, let's say uh, the the arms dealers, the guys who were dealing. It's it's uh, it's cyberpunk noir. So uh, the guys who were dealing caseless ten mil on the corner. And propellant, I presume. Otherwise, they're just selling yeah, just you know, kind of gas to go with. They're it. Just, they're just selling spheres at that point. Um, or wedges, but uh, and then you roll to investigate that, and 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 you you discover that that uh, it's it's connected to the um, to the nineteen uh, twenties themed uh, bar on the corner, which has a load of VR, which which lets you go into black and white films. And so you go in there, and then you discover that they're, that they're they're being stored in there. Now the GM could have written, they're selling this ten mil caseless, they're keeping it in the bar on the corner, or the GM could have just had these two floating ideas. You roll, and then the GM makes the connection. This it's, it, it functions exactly the same, but the second one feels much less satisfying, doesn't it? Yeah, and that's weird because the GM made it up in the first place. But there's some, but like I still can't get over that that barrier of well, this like well, like this 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 isn't this isn't real. The problem we is have you're to not pretend. uncovering a mystery. You can't the, find out if you're right or not because you're always right. Well, that's the thing. If you if you fail the roll, there's no connection. Or like and like and if you completely flub it, then oh, you think there's a connection, but there isn't, and it gets you in trouble. You can you can simulate all the parts of doing it. You just have you just have a, a random chance roll rather than the hand of a narrator. Which which is why it feels odd because you're mm. not following a vision. You're not following a line. My you're my. What what I'm positing is, if you didn't know, how would it feel? Would it feel any less satisfying? If, if you, you didn't, didn't know, then you would know yeah. the difference. Which is which is interesting, right? But the second That's you know, it takes there. something away. Mm, mm. Uh, ask me a question. I shall find this you... one's been going on. It has a bit. I shall find you another mm. question. Uh, I'm still thinking of ways to become magical. <laughs> how do you take and organise your notes for Master of DMing on Reddit? 
I we have in our living room where we play role playing games. We have a um, a bunk bed. We have it's Chris's bed mainly. <laughs> uh, we have a, it's a it's, it's a futon permanently in the in this in the bed position. Um, which we sleep on, and we have a bunk bed on top, which we've never... I think maybe two people have slept on it in the three years we've owned the damn thing, <laughs> uh, on on the top of it. Uh, we mainly use it as a place to keep scarves. And you also... the scarves. I like scarves, but also I keep my role-playing notes up there because it's too tall for my partner to see or reach. So she can't... She can't get really upset about the mess up there. So after I'm done with the game, I turn and just deposit all my notes loose on top of the bunk bed, <laughs> and then forget about them until next Monday. It's, it's great. Please scan through them. I know they're there. Oh, um, hi, listeners. Um, sorry to, uh, to 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 shatter the illusion that that we're recording this in a glittering hearty dice studio. But my my partner just came into my office and yelled, as you heard. <laughs> yeah, great. Um, that's the thing. Um, I I used to be. I used to have a single book. I did all my work in. Uh, I did all my notes for my job. I did all my notes for my design. I did all my notes for my um, role playing games. Uh, for my um, like campaigns. Yeah. In there, and that was fine. I did that, and it was kind of nice to have an artifact. But um, now I pretty much stopped. Um, I'll have like, especially for Spire. Um, if I ever like, if, if if inspire, I'm keeping track of people's uh, stress. There is an unofficial rule in a Grant Howard in, in a Grant Howard run game of Spire that your stress automatically refreshes at the at the start of each session because Grant lost the tracks. <laughs> that is sad. Although, although, like, I did manage to run the entirety of the playtest of Idol on Sky from three uh, index cards on my desk. For the simple fact of not moving them. That's clever. <laughs> I managed to keep track of stress, which was nice. Yeah. How about you? So we live in a modern age. We've got speak for yourself. Well, we d- you've got a phone. You've got a smartphone. I, I I I have a horse. You have a horse. Yeah. How does that function as a phone? Well, I tell it. Tell you, it what, you what whisper its secrets and then spank it, and, and off it goes. Yeah. Also, I mean, I assume that's how you're getting this. <laughs> There's a lot of horses. I just yell this into a horse every week. <laughs> Down, girl, and hope the conversation matches. <laughs> it's the idea of yelling it into a horse, like I'm opening its mouth and shouting in there, hoping the echoing will work. Screaming down its neck hole. Mm. How do you do it in your modern age? Evernote. So yeah, we've VR. Got, we've got apps. We've got Google Docs. Yeah. So Google what Docs. I do is I mm. have a load of text documents on my desktop called one, 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 and two. No. GF, 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 GF. No. Astaf, Astaf, Astaf. Yep. You need to name them at least, Chris. Nope. And then the best part is I don't have I don't have the metadata on that that shows me the date of when it was, so I can't organise by date. Right. Why don't you have that metadata? It's not... I mean, you must have turned that off. I think I must have at some Because that comes on as standard. Yeah. So... They're just there, and I have to look through and try and remember based on the cryptic clues I've decided to type. I guess which like, one's which. Like you can search by words inside the document. Yes, but, but, you're, when, but, but, you're, but you're not a coward. <laughs> when when you like you, you, you hang on, let me open one. <laughs> let me open one of these. Grit wound three dash four. Don't know what that means. Does that say crit? No, I think it was great wound. 
Great Wound 3-4. What does that mean? Why did you write that? I don't know. And this is a notepad? Yeah. Stop using notepads. You asked how I organise my notes. I just... Oh, God. That that makes me look pretty organised. That, that makes me look like a fucking filing cabinet. <laughs> I've got all the documents. Okay. So that's good. Mm. Yeah, we don't organise our games very well. I think that... Um, I think also like you've got you've got issues if you like, if if you start if you start planning too much then you start you start having redundant data you start right. having stuff which you start having stuff which a the players don't don't need or b the players won't see yeah um I think I think like the other way in which I organize notes if like if, if I'm playing outside of my house so like when I used to run D and D outside I would wedge everything I needed in the player's handbook yeah um and then and you bring know you've got to me. bring one book and you're away yeah. Yeah, and like, and like, I take some pictures of monsters that I liked rather than bring oh, the monsters on the manual. Yeah, see, that's the use of technology. That's I, I, I learned that trick with the. Um, so I had I, I, I run Thirteenth Age for a PDF for quite a while, and so I just zoom in on my phone and take a screenshot of the, of the stat block. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. I like that. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty handy. I really Chris, should. I really should find some way of organizing myself better, as you say, know. just naming the documents. Well, just naming the documents would help, or like like storing them on the cloud yeah. might be useful, so you can access them from multiple places. Storing them in like a more aesthetically pleasing thing than Notepad. Yeah, Notepad. I'm never nice. happy to receive a Notepad. No, there's little dot txt files. We are going to have to wrap it up. Okay, we can have a bit of a shorter episode this week because we are pressed for time, and I've got to, I've got to go out and do a thing. Do you have any final questions for me? Your friend Grant Howitt. How are you today, Grant? You know what? I'm good, actually. I woke up early. I woke up um, six. My, uh, we have we have a uh, we have a slow waking regimen uh, regime in this house, where um, the radio three goes off at six a.m. and then we stare directly at the ceiling until seven. At which point, <laughs> one of us peels out of bed. Put some food in the cat and make some tea. <laughs> <laughs> but we stared around at the ceiling while um, classical music plays. And what, like, like, put it this way, it's very rare I'm going to be offended or upset by classical music, you yeah. know? I'm not going to be like, oh, I hate this one, turn it off. But quite, quite commonly, like, you just get the most Radio 3 shit available, <laughs> such as... Such as, and we've got a we've got, we've got a letter coming here from Jennifer of West Hampshire, who says that uh, she's tired of having all this back played on piano, and she'd like to hear some harpsichord. So, just for you, Jennifer, here's back seventeenth movement in D, and then poing 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 poing. It's the like Mario theme song. As <laughs> they play the Me Channel theme tune. Um, so yes, I've, you know what? I've had a nice morning. The sun's shining. I've recorded an episode of the podcast, and I'm going to go out. And that seems like a nice thing to do. Today. And later on, I'm going to play um, World of Darkness. Oh, cool! And try and solve a, a, a mystery. Mystery. A Frankenstein mystery. I know. Mm. Oh Lord. Um, I have a question for you. What is it? What can you tell me? One thing about horses I can love, so I can try and get back on their side. Um. They're not as scary as you think. That I was after concrete details rather than you telling I don't me know I'm a lot wrong. Of facts about horses. I've ridden a horse. How was it? Bumpy. Mm, how are you, gentlemen? Fine. 
Okay. You you just tuck them away, retract them. T- what? <laughs> That's you, the point of impact. You can lunatic. you not do that? <laughs> Doesn't that just happen? Like one of them goes in sometimes, right? That does happen to you. Right? Yeah, that does happen. Why is that? It's an awful thing that nobody talks about. Because <laughs> like apparently, sumo wrestlers can get both in. Yeah. I've heard. But yeah, like, like often, often if you're just lying down, one of them is like, oh, I'm going in. What? <laughs> I swear I had two this morning. <laughs> when I woke up this morning, I'd I, I done the check and both were present. <laughs> Lefty, righty, good morning. And then I... <laughs> Lefty, no. <laughs> and I, and then I, I walk without bending my legs through to the kitchen while classical music plays to make tea. <laughs> Fully nude. Thank you for listening to Hearty Dice Friends. If you like this, thank you. Um, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Hearty Dice Friends and give us some money if you'd like. And we have some rewards. We have some uh, some exclusive content you can listen to there. Uh, we have some things where you can suggest topics and stuff as well if you're interested. Uh, or what we'd quite like, if you could like tell a friend or share this with someone or be like hey I really like this podcast I think it's really funny here you go and post it on your hugely influential twi- Twitter yeah, I just um, love that here you go account. here you go have that I'm done with it whatever <laughs> um, that'd be really nice because uh, we'd really like to get some more people listening to the show because um, well we don't have a great deal of people really wow uh, I'd like to hit a thousand okay as long like if 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 we can serve a thousand people perfectly, I will consider this an unmitigated success. Okay. Um, also, you can follow us on Twitter at HDF Podcast, but we don't really update a great deal. We need to work out our Twitter strategy. Yes. Yes. Um, you can also send us an email to heartydicefriends at gmail.com if you have a big old beefy question. And you can go to rowanrickanddeckard.com and buy Spire soon in physical physical form. Yeah, yeah. Look at, that. Look at it. Bring, like, put it in your house, and your friends will be like, "What a cool book!" And you'll be like, "Yeah, these cool guys I know wrote it." Have a USB of their podcast, and then you wordlessly slip them a podcast because <laughs> in a brown paper envelope. In a brown paper envelope, and you say, "Listen, these guys—they're incredible," because you love us. I'm turning it around for the message of love. I like that. You are the biggest fan of our podcast. And one of you is, which is which is weird to think. <laughs> you are the biggest fan of our podcast, and you have spent the last two weeks tirelessly uploading thumb drives with, with, with your favourite collections of Hearty Dice Friends episodes you've downloaded from SoundCloud. And then you've st- and then you've been to prove your love, you've been pushing these unmarked envelopes through doors. Thank you for listening. We love you. You love us. We're a big happy family. Goodbye. Goodbye.